It's showtime. Showtime. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the Soul to Smoke Cigar Cast. Drew, Mo. Yo. Mook out, Rich. Bringing the bull. What's up, gents? Bringing the bull. Trufus. Yes. Congratulations on your new show. New show. Yeah, man, it's a big accomplishment. Sly's playing your uh, your life story. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Poor. Did you look that show up? Poor Sly. No, I haven't got to see it yet. I don't even know if it's on yet. Uh, then I haven't. I mean, <laughs> we haven't looked it up. And the other one that you said to watch. Oh, the Samaritan? Yeah. Uh, I did see that on uh, Prime, maybe? Yeah, it is. Okay. We didn't watch it, but I did see it was on there. Yeah. I mean, you know, for for someone uh, with your commitment to Sly, I think it's, uh, you know, well worth your... uh, Time, I guess. He's getting another divorce. Another divorce? How do you get another divorce? Well, he's already had, I think, two. Well, he's divorcing his most recent wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's already been divorced, I think, twice. Yeah. Well, hey. It's <laughs> practiced. He was with uh, he's with this girl for like twenty five years. Did you see he got his um his tattoo of her covered up? Mm-hmm. What's a tattoo of Mukau Rich? It was uh, Buckus, his dog. <laughs> so, dude, this this show sounds fucking... Tulsa King will star Stallone as an Italian mobster forced to relocate to Tulsa, Oklahoma. That sounds bad enough as it is. Damn. What's uh, hilarious... Down Paramount Plus. What's hilarious is most of it was filmed in Oklahoma City. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Dude, I can't wait. I can't wait for this. It's fucking awesome. November 13th. So, there you go. So, another fun mob fact. Apparently, there's... Three current NFL players whose great great grandfather was Tony Accardo, who was a uh, the boss of the Chicago outfit, I think in the 1930s or something. Pretty wild. Interesting. If you like football and mobs, after Bears do this week, no. Yeah, I get fucked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From 47 to 72, that's a hell of a rain. Wow. Anyway, useless information. But that show sounds pretty good. You watched hey. The Running Man yet? No. Oh, all right. Got it in my Amazon cart to buy, Mel. 
<laughs> no, I'm serious. I really do. I'm not. I'm not. It is ridiculous that anybody should have to pay for a movie from 1987 or whatever it is. Uh, that just tells you how good it is. <laughs> That's just proof that it's that good that you need to pay for it. You act like Stop. I just make this shit up, Mo. You guys are ridiculous. Running man. I can't believe you haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Me too, actually. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, God. Yeah. The stunning conclusion to the Ace Prime drama. It wasn't that interesting in the end. What What do you mean? So last week, Ace Prime and Crowned Heads uh, sort of put out dueling press releases about who mm-hmm. was breaking up their agreement with who. Okay. Uh, Crowned Heads had been distributing Ace Prime, mm-hmm. and they they both said. That we're do- that's over at the end of October, and they both said, and it was my idea to stop. Mm-hmm. So today they came out with the why and what's happening. You guys hear? Where was that at? No, <clears throat> you can check it out on Half Wheel right now. It's on Coop and Half Wheel and kind of everywhere. Okay. So here's what's happening. Uh, so they're renaming Ace Prime to Luciano Cigars. Right. Okay. Which, you know, fine, that's an Ace Prime is kind of a crappy name in my opinion, so that's probably a win, but okay. Um, they're going to distribute their own cigars. Mm-hmm. They're apparently going to get a whole team of people to be able to do this, so fair enough. Okay. Um, they're also uh, renaming the factory, Pichardo Factory. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of called like the Luciano Cigar Factory. Okay. Which is weird, but okay. Um, Why is that weird? Because it's it's got a good reputation as is. Why would you change something that has a good reputation? Why change the name? Okay. Right? Like there's some consumers that are like, if it comes out of that factory, it's probably good. Okay. Now they got to refigure out what the hell that means. But don't you think uh, that most people, and this is just a question, don't you think that most people that are smoking those cigars are going to know that it's still them? Maybe. You're going to have to tell, tell a lot of people, though, because like a lot of Crown Heads stuff came from them. A lot of the good stuff from Crown Heads came from like the okay, Juarez yep. and the Mildias and stuff that people mm-hmm. really liked. Sure. So if they only keep up with it, you know, a reasonable amount instead of a nerdy amount, Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to go figure out what the hell's happening. Mm-hmm. So it's really not very interesting. Like I said, it seemed like it would be way more interesting based on the fact they both put out press releases that were like, "We're breaking up," and it's well, my idea. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you know, you're not gonna put that out there. You know what There's I'm saying? There's probably something happening. <laughs> well, bro, I mean, yeah, uh, you know. Um, I, you know, it's funny, man. I had heard some rumblings about it at the show and from some pretty solid sources. Um, so it really didn't shock me, but 
nevertheless, regardless of the reason, regardless of what happens next, they had a fucking good thing going, man. So, Maybe. Yeah. Well, outwardly, of course. It looked like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, like you said, man, I mean, you just rattled off, what, three, four cigars that Crown Heads did out of that factory. Um, Charlie was, yeah, I mean, he was doing some good stuff for his stuff. Um, outside of Cavalier, that's probably my pick of brands to really take that next step. Crown Heads or Luciano? Uh, Luciano Crown Heads is already pretty established. Yeah. Um, but that was our pick, what, two years ago? And uh, we were we were spot on about that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Luciano, I think, or I, what are they calling it now? Luciano cigars? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say them or Cavalier, probably closest to taking the next step. You know, you could argue, yeah. you know, HBC, now that he has his own factory, I don't know if that's going to be good or bad for him. Who knows? But, you know. At this point, I just don't really get surprised when things change in distribution or brokers or any of mm-hmm. that stuff because it all seems like there's there's not enough pie to go around. There's not enough slices of pie for everybody to get the slice they want in any of those scenarios. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, so. you know, man, there's less and less people willing to be brokers now. I feel like you're not really seeing that many new people trying to give it a shot at all. So, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm not really sure the brands are all that pissed off about that. I can't imagine. I mean, as long as somebody's going to sell their stuff somewhere, right, if they need it sold. What's that? As long as there's somebody in the area to sell your cigars where you can't hire staff, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, I just... It is expensive. You know, that it's expensive to have reps. It's expensive to have brokers. Um And a lot of times, unless you're one of the top brands in their portfolio, you're basically giving them money because they're not really doing anything for you. Sure. There is some potential other shit that I've... And I've always, by the way, before we move on, I've long been a defender of brokers in the sense that their job is very difficult. Um, that's probably why less and less people are wanting to do it because they realize how hard it is. Um, but with that said, uh, there's some that just don't do any fucking thing at all. So, yeah. There you go. I bet it sucks being a broker. How come? I just can imagine it sucking. That's not (laughs) an easy, that's not an easy gig. No. You're right. 
no backup and no respect from either direction, right? <laughs> it's like, what's the best deal you can give me from both ends? <laughs> yeah, that's your favorite. Yes. I know, but <laughs> you don't really want to go on the road and say that every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, oh, okay. I really don't want to get into this, but at the same time, a, a lot of the brands that the broker pushes in his portfolio are going to be the brands of least resistance, right? Yeah. And a lot of times, though, that brand that provides the least resistance is also the one that treats him the worst. Oh, sure, because they can. Or her. Right. Yeah. Um, They're also the one most likely to be successful enough soon to get rid of them. Yes. Yes. It's just this weird fucking dynamic. I can't think of another business, honestly, that's like that. Maybe maybe being a like a stockbroker or something like that, I guess. I don't know, but I, it's weird, man. I, I don't know. It's just a really weird dynamic. My and favorite like, part mm-hmm. is that they all know it, right? <laughs> They're all oh, yeah. damn well aware of it. It's like, all right, well, if I help you get successful enough, I'm, you're going to get rid of me, so I better be just under that. Yeah. You know. It's a never-ending cycle of everybody just looking out for themselves at the end. That's where the money goes, right? Find yeah, the money. And no matter what you think you're cultivating on either side of it, you're really not. Uh, loyalty and, and all of that is pretty much a, a dead thing. So... There you go. Unfortunately. And trust me, I'm the one usually getting the short end of the stick in these scenarios. Like, I'm always at the bottom of the list in terms of, you know, uh, what's the word you want to... Priority? So, like, powerless, pretty much. You're on the bottom. Yeah, power bottom. Damn right. But we're coming up. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, no, it's just a shitty dynamic, really. Overall, uh, no, shit, like shitty setup, the whole thing, the whole thing just fucking sucks. <laughs> but, Fair enough. But the good ones are really fucking good. So there's that. There should be, and I don't know when, but there should be some even bigger news probably coming out. I would imagine. If it gets agreed to, that'll be very interesting to keep an eye out on. So I think I would suggest. <laughs> you just going to drop that there and let it sit. Yes, I am going to drop it there and let it sit because it's none of my business to talk about. Um, but yeah, man, I think there's going to be some really, really interesting shit happening in the cigar world over the next definitely year. And not only that, um, like we talked about before, this is going to be the first time for a lot of guys trying to run a company in a in an economic downturn. You know, like from a boutique mm-hmm. perspective. So I'm, I'm, you know, we'll see. So 
Good time to sell your cigar company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, Mo, how was your trip? Oh, it's yeah. Good, yeah. Tell, good. tell us about it. So here's a funny story for you. Uh, so the first event we did was Thursday, or no, it was Friday at Anthony's in Tucson. And it was, okay, so they have three locations, right? Okay. So Nape ended up showing up, friend of the podcast. I think he's probably the one that just listens to it multiple times, and that's why our numbers, you know. Well, no, Moto Guzzi, we know, listens to it, too. Um, I get crap from Yogi every time we don't post, so he at least checks that we've posted. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> doesn't necessarily listen. Like, NC6789 fucking asking us questions we answered 40 times. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it alive. <laughs> right, yeah, it's big. Um so we get, so we're at, so the one location that the event was at um, was one that I'd never visited. So I didn't know the manager. I didn't know the employees, right? So we're kind of going in, you know, blind on this. And um, now, mind you, in any of, anybody that's been to, a cut and light or whatever for a smaller brand knows how it goes. Like there's really not that many people I give a shit. Right. And so, uh, we walk in and the guy working was an older gentleman and, uh, he just kind of looks at us and he's like, uh, Oh, you guys are, yeah, the patina guys. Okay. Just real, like whatever he goes, well, there's a table right there if you need it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> And uh, no, I was hold my we're, we're, we're just looking at, you know, you know, Brandon is my broker out in Arizona and it's, you know, like, fuck, what is this? You know, we're looking at each other. Now, mind you, they had all the cigars set up beautifully in the center aisle. Right. Because the whole the whole store is a humidor. Right. Nice. So nice. So we got there at three forty five ish. Not about three forty. Right. So the thing starts at four o'clock. And me, we're just looking at each other like, what the fuck? This is going to be terrible. It's going to be one of those. So 3.55 rolls around. Jason, the manager, walks in. And all of, like, all of a sudden, we see two people walk in with trays of cheeseburgers. The manager of their location walks in with like pop and beer and coolers and stuff like that. Brandon and I are looking at each other like, what the fuck? Four o'clock hits, Bill, the guy who works behind the counter that was like, oh, you guys are the patina guys, whatever, jumps off, jumps up, goes into the fucking lounge, goes, you're fucking buying a box, you're fucking buying a box, you're fucking buying a box, you're, and everybody just comes out and starts buying cigars. It's like a reverse Oprah. <laughs> it was like, what? yeah, it was like, what the fuck just happened? How did we go from like absolute, no it was like this light bulb came on or like, you know, the, the game started and he like, it was the, the craziest thing. 
I think I've ever seen a bunch of people bought cigars and boxes and whatever, and it ended up being one of the, the best, like, cotton lights I've ever done. That's kind of incredible. It really was, man, because, I mean, if you feel like, I can't describe <laughs> it. And, I mean, everyone I like how they eating. faked you out, too. It was the best. I mean, I mean, the burger, the cheeseburgers were out of this world. It was from some place, right? You know, in the you know, in the same strip mall as them, and like the the food was great, and the people were great. I mean, their customers were awesome and engaging, and we hung out, and it was just like really fucking cool, man. So that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I, and, uh, and, you know, and then when, when the guy, you know, Bill who works there was getting up to leave. Now, mind you, this is a, you know, an older gentleman, probably early sixties, about six, 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 five, something like that. So fucking towers over my ass. And, uh, and he's like, you're all right, bro. Like, thanks. Appreciate that. Um, and then, yeah, fine ash is fine ash. I mean, that was just awesome, you know. Uh, that was really cool. So I got to hey, uh, I got to sit down with uh, a former baseball player named uh, Placido Polanco, who played back, like, uh, late 90s to mid-2000s uh, or 2010s. Um, you know, I, I watched him play growing up and obviously whatever and, and just got to talk to him about baseball for, like, you know, an hour, two hours, it was, it was pretty fucking cool, too. So, um, yeah, that was, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, finance for events, very few people in the country do it as good as them. So, that goes without saying. Did they play an epic prank on you, too? No, not this time. No pranks. That's unfortunate. <laughs> not for me. So yeah, man. How's, was good. Uh, how's Mape doing? He's Mape's doing good. Right. He's good. Right. Oh, Mape. Do you call him Mape? Uh. Did I? Yeah, I think I did. It's important. It is. I'll never forget when I was where I was sitting when Drew said that. Because <laughs> it was the same place you always sit when you podcast. Yeah. No, I was in Nicaragua. And I was sitting at the table, uh, you know, at a, a, a at a table, and Tyler and, and Gus were outside, both, you know, talking. And I was like, I'm gonna go inside and do my podcast. And I all of a sudden I just hear like fucking blurred out laughing. That was hilarious. Like Drew's like, we got some <laughs> questions for Mape. He's <laughs> dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> Old Mape. Old Mape. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do when we, uh, you know, when when kiddos come and podcasting inevitably slows down. Just pick a random episode and run it again. Oh, we could do that. That's yeah, easy. so nobody could not listen to it all over again. Right? Yeah, exactly. That'd be you nice. didn't listen the first time. Here it is again. Twice as much the second time. So we should probably talk about this now. It's a nice segue. All right. What are we talking about? 
This is like when your girlfriend says we need to have a conversation. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know we were doing it on the... Uh... Dude, we've got pretty good listens. Shit. We do? Yeah. We've actually <laughs> we've actually talked about this before, I think a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, with some personal dynamics changing, you know, the podcast could become rather sporadic. <laughs> wait, wait. More than it is now? <laughs> More than it is now, I think. Um, okay. Ultimately, it's you know it comes down to, you know what, I guess you could handle or want to handle, I guess. Um, but yeah, so we're not gonna like ghost you guys. We're letting you know. Now we're gonna do something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we don't know what that is yet. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't hear from us for a couple weeks. Or months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just setting it up just in case. We will be back. And since we are taking the time to set expectations, let's also clearly set the expectation that no matter how much time happens between each podcast, there won't be a single goddamn topic. No, absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. Yep. That's true. That's true. That would ruin the uh, podcast. It would. It really would. We're never going to be pros. We'll see what we can do. 197 has like five times the listens of all the other ones. Same shit, different diaper. I don't know. It's just called same shit, different diaper. Maybe there were some new parents that thought it was like a parenting podcast. Just like our... uh, Our barbacoa episode. (laughs) All the barbecue fans were in there. Yep. Socks and Crocs got some pretty good listens. Socks and Crocs. <laughs> Probe Me Cow did surprisingly well. Which one? Probe Me Cow. Nice. Well, that's a, that's a given. That's yeah. hilarious. Some weird... People are hoping for a video podcast on that one. Yeah. Some weird alien people. Sultans of Sleep did really well. This is very weird. We I didn't realize we had such bizarre peaks until I just started. Oh yeah, we do. Sultans of Sleep did almost as well as Barbacoa. <laughs> huh. Oh, anyway. That's pretty damn good cuz Barbacoa was amazing. <laughs> That's the best podcast we've ever had. <laughs> Danny's Last gift to us? Yeah, it was. Before the Sultan's curse got him. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> at this rate, might get Patina too. <laughs> we, we did warn him it's like gonna, a lot of times. Might get the Sultan's first. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You can't flush this turd. No. We, we will do something. We got a couple more weeks. Uh... As long as everybody still can the next... Let me look at the calendar. One, two. So after this episode, we've got two more for sure. And then after that, it's going to be sporadic. But I'm hoping uh, as long as everybody's a little flexible, we can get things done. And 
Yeah, we'll find a way. Maybe do a different The thing you don't night. want to do, though, in my opinion, and I was saying this to you guys on text, is you just don't want to be that podcast that, like, just stops. No, mm-hmm. we're not doing that. Right. No, no reason given, no nothing, right? You're just, one day you're there, and then you just never podcast again, which is weird. That is weird. Um, so, like, you all know we have a thing coming up in a few weeks that's going to cause it to get kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And we'll deal with that. And if we never podcast again, at least you know why. But I assume we will. We will. So it'll be all right. So cool. Well, let's keep on with the topics then. People don't listen to talk about all whether those, we're going to podcast. All those topics again. you got. Here's one, here's one that I'm, yeah, I think is interesting. Did you guys see these two new Arturo Fuente books coming out? No. Uh, no. One's like a super luxury book about Fuente, which I, I think means Drew might like it. Um, so, do you guys know uh, who Aaron Sigmund is? Mm-hmm. He's the same guy that wrote uh, the Impossible Book of Cigars. It's like a thousand dollar coffee table book. He did the Playboy Book of Cigars. He did uh, Smoke Magazine back in the day. He was the editor for that. Like, okay. I remember Smoke. I, I I know Smoke Magazine. Yeah, yeah. He was Actually, the dude behind that. Oh okay. So like he's been around for a fucking long time writing about. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's really sure. really the point that like he's he's really he, he knows his shit. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's been around making these really nice books. He's got two new ones coming out. Uh, in celebration of the 110th anniversary of Arturo Fuente. So the first one is the ultra-luxury one, Arturo Fuente since 1912. It's it's like a hand-bound book. Mm -hmm. Looks ridiculously nice. Uh, $1,200. Okay. Nice. So I'm guessing we're not going to have that. Um, But this one I actually think is kind of cool. He did a different one called Arturo Fuente from Dream to Dynasty. It's going to be $75, and it's the story of the Fuente family and the history and all that good stuff. So that's like a very reasonable price for a very niche book, I think. Sure. I'm excited about that one. Is there anything, any book in the world, any topic, any type of book you could consider $1,200 would be an appropriate amount of money for that's really my question. I mean, is it rare? Do they only make uh, a couple of them? Or I mean, yeah, why I mean, is it so... I'm sure it's limited. I'm sure it's limited to some degree. Uh, I don't know how, how limited it is. It's mm-hmm. finished with authentic hand-tipped cigar bands and presented in a handcrafted clamshell box. 125 original photographs. I don't know, it just looks like super fucking high-end, well-made book. Okay. Which is what they're, that's what this brand's books cost. Sure. Right? It's the same same people that did the Impossible Book of Cigars, which was a thousand. Which he sells seemingly a reasonable number of. Like, it sold out and they, did a, they had to do another run, I think. A lot of Fuente fans. Yeah. All over the world. What's in the book? I don't know. I don't have, well, I'm not going to throw $1,200 at it to find out, I guess. That's Come I on, Cal. 
Do it for the podcast. Check it out of the library. <laughs> yeah. Somebody would like to sponsor the podcast for twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> we will review this book. Okay, but you know what? All right, let me say. Okay, so let's say that we, going back in time, we're like, okay, we're going to try to monetize this podcast, and we did. And we had these sponsors and we had whatever. There's no way we would be having this conversation right now. I mean, I guess you might, but you'd be less inclined to. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you might have people to answer to, you know, depending on the type of agreement you had with them or something like that, where you had the podcast every week and you have to mention it X number of times or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and you can't say anything bad and all that other stuff. Sure. Right. So, in our being broke, we've maintained our independence. We can say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and people won't listen, so it won't matter. Exactly. But there's, uh, interestingly, right, I do want to point out that there are cigar and tobacco books that go up in price and value instead of mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. They become collectible. They become valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Minron Knee book is a good example, the Cuban cigar one, the illustrated guide of post-revolution Havana cigars, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or the encyclopedia of post-revolution Havana cigars. That was a normal-priced book when it came out. You're lucky now if you find it for under $1,000 on mm-hmm. the secondary market. Do you have one? I don't. Don't. I mean, I have a very hard time, like, actually wanting to pull the trigger at a thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. For a book. Yeah. Uh. A lot of money I, for a book. Was but that? you know, I mean, it depends how you look at it. You know, I mean, if you're looking at it as an investment, it's not a book. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about yeah. uh, baseball cards, basketball cards, football cards, art, uh, whatever, right? Like memorabilia of whatever. If there's a value there beyond what it is, then, you know, based on rarity or demand, whatever, right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, Um, especially with with something like that where there isn't another one. The fun thing about that one is there's been continuous rumors for a long time of various degrees of accuracy that the guy is working on, like, a second edition of the whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And that would be more reasonably priced, so I'd, I'd buy that, right? And I have to assume that's going to tank the value of the original because nobody's going to give a fuck. That I don't know. I, I think it depends. It depends first how edition, different it is and all that right. stuff. And first editions are definitely worth money. But this isn't like a book collector market. This is a cigar nerd market. Yeah. But there aren't enough books to go around. Yeah. I'm with Who you. Knows? Yeah. Who yeah. knows? 
And I have paid like for cigar books and tobacco books. I think Drew, you were starting yeah. to ask about that, right? Like, mm-hmm. what, what would you pay for something like that? Um, I've got you know over a hundred books right here in front of me for cigars and tobacco that I'm looking at right now. Um, what have I paid? Mostly, I get pretty good deals. I have this uh, tobacco book set, the Illustrated History, uh, or the History Illustrated by the Books and Manuscripts in the Library of George Arendt's. That's like a five book set. I think I paid like two hundred and fifty dollars for it. It usually goes for five hundred. Um, I've got Tobacco, Its History, and Associations by Fairholt. What is this? 1859, I want to say, the original. Uh, let me look. Yeah, eight, printed in 1859. It's the original book for it. I think that was like $175, right? So I'm not allergic to paying for these books. Um, there's a couple others in that same kind of range. But, so you spent quite a month. A thousand seems like a lot. But you probably spent a thousand bucks on all your books. More than that, I'm sure. More than that. I don't know. It all depends on how. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could see. I could see me doing it. Not necessarily that book, but something other people would find silly. True. How much is that one? Hard to get cutter that you have. How much is that worth now? No, I have no idea. I haven't. My, you can't find them anywhere. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of cutter, this is a great question. Uh, v uh, V cute. Mm-hmm. Um, is looking for a. Uh, no, this gets good. He's looking for the um, Weasel Team Six cutter. Okay, the red one. Yep. Which is not a V cut. No, that's like a normal sidecar double guillotine, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I I actually have one. Uh oh. So I've been talking to him. It's kind Name of my. Price. It's kind of my backup. Yeah. Now, mind you, don't let them quote you in Canadian dollars. Make sure you're talking <laughs> USD. Yeah, real money here. None of that. None of that monopoly money. Um, what's that worth to somebody? And does somebody else have one that would like to sell it to uh, VCute? I think he needs to change his uh, Instagram name though if he buys it. Weasel cut. Yeah. Something. Weasel cut everything. I'm pretty sure I had one of those and gave it away. <laughs> I have, so, uh, I think, two cutters at this point. One is that one, which I didn't even realize. I like carry it with me in my bag all the time. It's just my, it's my throwaway cutter. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say that, but it is. And then I have that other one that Mo's asking about. I may have one some, like somewhere else that I don't even know I actually have, but those are the two I use all the time. But realistically, too, I just peel the caps off now as well. I've, I've gr- grown to enjoy that. 
Is that Weasel Team Six one actually hard to find? Kyle's <laughs> looking for it. I, he said it is. I don't know. He said he can't find it anywhere. Tyler's got to have one. <laughs> I might have given mine to Tyler. I don't even know. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. I gave him a lot of stuff. I'm just curious what kind of colors I got sitting around in this fucking box here. <laughs> I got this humidor that's full of, like a wood humidor, and it's just full cool. of stickers and cutters and lighters and fucking shit. Ah, the old shit drawer. It is. It's my junk drawer for cigars. I'm just curious what's in here. Got this Tatsuahe one. That's kind of cool. Got this other Tatsuahe one. <laughs> dude, those are probably worth money, dude. Maybe. Who makes them? Uh, this looks cheap. <laughs> some some co- company in China. Unbranded stuff. This could be anything. Oh, I got this 80 ring gauge vertigo cutter. What? This could be yours. Then I'd have to buy a cigar to use it. We got to get Yogi. I told him we'd send him a uh, Sultan's t shirt. I keep forgetting. Uh, Yeah, get, text me. I uh, can do that. And then uh, I. Rambler guy, I did not forget about you. It's just been crazy. I got you. I apologize. It's been crazy and he forgot about you. Cow. Yeah. It's in my ear, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like it. I have so many fucking lighters. This is stupid. Oh, by the way, there's Culver's in Arizona. Oh, yeah? Oh, you better believe it. Did you eat it? Yeah. I didn't. What? Well, I mean, I could have that any time, so I got McDonald's. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, we We're went right. to In-N-Out. We went to In-N-Out. Okay, good. I was going to say we are actually ending the podcast then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Which In-N-Out has grown on me. Over the years, uh, you like a little in and out, yeah, like a lot of it. Um, I don't, I still don't know how people say Whataburger is on the same level as like Culver's or In and Out or like fuck even Five Guys. No, Five Guys um, is I, I terrible. Still think Shake, I still think Shake Shack is the top one, but I well. That or Culver's. But, um, yeah, I just don't. Smashburger's not bad either, I guess. Oh, Smashburger's the bomb. Yeah, it's pretty fucking good, too. Dude, there's a really easy explanation for this. All these mm. Whataburger fans are Texans. And that's all you need to know. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I just don't get it. I don't think it's that great. I mean, it's not bad. But... I don't like, oh, there's a Whataburger. Let me go get some. Whataburger is pretty good, though. 
You got to do their breakfast. Breakfast? Yeah. Honey, honey butter chicken biscuit. Honey butter chicken biscuit. Dude, try it's the it. Best thing at the burger place is not a burger. <laughs> try it. If you get up early enough to have breakfast. The first time I ever had Chick-fil-A was in a food court at Illinois State University. And to see where they are now, that's fucking incredible. Chick-fil-A. Yeah, they're everywhere. Still ain't shit compared to Popeye's, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Drew, your burger comment reminded me of one of my favorite sweets of all time that has ever happened. Uh, Remember when IHOP started selling burgers? Mm Mm-mm. Four years ago? Oh, yeah. International House of Burgers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. somebody, Somebody tweeted... So at Wendy's, you're just going to let IHOB sell burgers on your block? Thought you were the OG. And Wendy's replies, not really afraid of the burgers from a place that decided pancakes were too hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Did they, did they squash that? Is that no longer a thing? The, the cool Wendy's Twitter replies? I don't no. know. No, the, uh, the burgers the at IHOP thing. Hello. The Wendy's Twitter replies were like the greatest thing on the planet. Whoever was running that account was amazing. Yeah. Does IHOP still sell burgers? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Now they're selling a cheeseburger omelet? Ooh. thought they've always had that. So what else we got? We didn't have anything we had already. Uh, yeah, that was, that was the whole the whole list for this week. What do you got? What? That's about it. Did you see anything monumentally stupid this week? Um, I got these new neighbors that moved in. I won't go into detail, but they have a fucking beagle. Those ones that howl and shit? Yes. Oh, yeah. And they just let the fucker out all the damn time, and he just barks all day long. Have you broached the subject with your neighbors? Yeah, that's where the story's going. All right, yes. So finally yesterday, because my wife hasn't been feeling good here and there, you know. Yeah. We can hear this fucking dog in our house. (laughs) That's how bad it is. Okay. So I'm grilling steaks last night. 
I fire up the grill. This fucking dog's just out there barking. And I see the guy's out there. And I was like, oh, okay. So he's out there. The dog kind of stops a little bit. I go back in. I'm like, you know, it's going to stop. No, he keeps on. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm going over there. So I get my shoes on and all. I go over there, ring the doorbell, knock on the door. Nobody fucking answers. Magically. I can hear you from the barking. Magically, (laughs) the dog goes inside. (laughs) (laughs) So I go go back home because they won't answer the door. Dog's inside just barking. Still hear him. He's inside now, though. A little while later, he comes outside. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking lose it and just yell across our neighborhood. Shortly later, the dog's back inside. Yeah, what what, what did you yell? I'll just yell to shut up. Okay. Okay. Shortly later. Pretty pretty nice. Yeah. The dog's back inside barking. (laughs) He hasn't been out since. So it actually got so bad that my wife was looking it up and stuff last night that, I mean, you can, you can call the cops on them and it's actually a $250 fine here in the town I live in. Really? In a gated community. No, it's the town. It's not the gated community because we don't live in a gated community. Uh, yeah, it's a $250 fine for a, uh, I don't know what they called it, but a dog that won't shut up. <laughs> a nuisance. Uh, I, I don't know how they word it, but it's a nuisance for them to be barking nonstop. So I, I figured I'd be nice and just go over and talk to these people and be like, hey, not a great way to meet your new neighbors, but shut your fucking dog up. <laughs> And uh, I guess they got the hint anyways without me having to even talk to them. Right. But, yeah, hasn't been out today. (laughs) Wife said it's been great. Dog is gone. Yeah. They have, like, this little doggy door that's in, like, a window where he can just go out, but he, like, stands in it and just fucking barks. What I don't understand is we are going nuts. Clear across, it's backyards backed up to each other, but there's a like a little creek that runs through the middle. So there's some good space. But we can, we're annoyed inside <laughs> across the freaking way. How, how are they dealing with it inside their house? Yeah. Like, that's got to be so annoying to them. Why? I mean, I, I couldn't put up with that. Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. That shit bothers me. People won't keep their animals in check. Most people don't give a fuck about keeping themselves in check. That's true. Let alone... Well, hopefully, hopefully they, uh, hopefully they take care of him. So I don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) I know some people that know some shady people. That dog might just disappear in the night. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Anyways, that's my fun story from the weekend. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that was just yesterday. But he's been barking all fucking weekend. We just got fed up with it finally. Update next week. I know what's going on with the dog. Yeah. Damn dog. Hmm. And like we have a neighbor next to us that the dog he'll go out and shit and bark a little bit and you know, run around the grass and bark a little bit and like I don't know, another dog will come out and they'll kinda of bark at each other a little bit and then he goes inside. That's fine. I mean, I they're animals. They can bark and stuff. Dude, this dog was barking for like hours nonstop. It completely absurd. I'm sure they're annoyed with him. That's why they put him outside to bark. What else we got? Here's a question. Okay. If you're... Let's say you're looking at buying a house, right? Like, do you do... Like, how do you... How do you find that shit out? (laughs) Yeah, man. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially like, you know, I mean... It's a house that you want to stay in. It's not like a starter home. It's like, you know, this is where we want to be. This is, we're not planning on moving. I mean, having bad neighbors could, like, I guess I never really, I guess I was always lucky that I never really had that issue. But the more I think about it, I'm like, man, that would really fucking suck. Yes. And and the rest of our neighbors, like our close neighbors here, are freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we have an old lady across the street that we talk to, and I've shoveled her her driveway in the snow. And I mean, she's just great. She she gets along with everybody. Wait a minute, did you just say shoveled her driveway in the snow? Yeah, I shoveled it for her. What the one day that it snowed? Nah, we got a couple of snows last year. <laughs> I cleared it out for her, though, so that anybody that came and visited her, her her kids come sometimes. She's like 80. Maybe not that old. 70s. She's old. She wasn't going anywhere, but I shoveled her driveway and took her her mail. Anyways, stuff like that. We'll put her trash in. Um, The neighbors on both sides we talked to, they're great. They're fine. I mean, we're not like friends and hang out. Uh, our back neighbors, there's an older couple and we talked to that. We actually talked to her last night, but, uh, how do they feel about the dog? She's deaf and couldn't hear him. (laughs) That's the way to do it. We asked, she's like, Oh, I can't, I can't hardly hear. (laughs) Like, well, you're lucky. Uh, I mean, everybody's pretty good. We got one that moved in down on the end that they're freaking weird. We we literally live on I don't know what uh, what's a normal uh, neighborhood lot like was it a quarter acre or something? Yeah, a quarter acre is pretty common for suburbs. They have a riding lawnmower <laughs> for their quarter acre lot that their house is on. 
like charge everybody else on the block to mow their lawns. No, they fucking no. barely mow their lawn. <laughs> Still, even though I they can have barely a... mow it when you got a riding mower, it'd be like I... twenty seconds of work. I know they still <laughs> their yard looks like shit. I miss I miss living in the country where all your stuff can look like shit and nobody cares. But <laughs> you have to actually keep up with your stuff. It sucks. You know, to to answer your question a little bit too, Mo, about how do you find out what's going mm-hmm. on? I think there's some level of you just kind of hope for the best, but um, mm-hmm. I know some people have had different kind of tactics on it. Because uh, in the last, since we we bought this house like eleven years ago, and we bought in a neighborhood full of old people, because mm-hmm. it's quiet. Yeah. But at right. some point that changes, right? They get young people again because old people die. Um, so in the last eleven years, both of the houses like on either side of us have have turned over, right? Mm-hmm. And when people are doing the open houses and looking around and all that other fun stuff. Um, Sometimes I thought it was just fun to go just hang out in the front yard, right? Like, just mm. chill there. People come Closed? Talking, you know, or? So, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, not oh. making an ass of myself or a spectacle or anything, but people come talk to you and be like, tell me about the neighborhood. Who lives here? Like, what are these people like? And all that good stuff, right? Um, I was just rubbernecking who was probably going to move in. Um, but some people have, like, a, you know, an agenda to talk to all the neighbors, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. Yeah. We had one one person came and rang the doorbell. From like no, you don't do that to No, I didn't open. I didn't open that door. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that neighbor. Fuck that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's dude. So. That's when you should have opened the door and ran them off. Right. Right. Been like, ah, oh, this is a terrible neighbor neighborhood. We're trying to get the hell out of here. <laughs> You don't, you don't want to buy this house. If it wasn't for all the locusts and hornets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a missed opportunity right there. Yeah, yeah it's even better, man. We got uh, we got the ring doorbell. Yes, that's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so I got one on the front front yard and the backyard. I got one on each, right? Yeah. So now there's never a reason that I have to answer the door. <laughs> Jeez. Because before I could be like, oh man, should I go get up and look and see if this is somebody I care about? Now I'm just like, swipe on the phone. Of course it's not. Fuck you. Move on. <laughs> Fuck you. Move on. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, so funny story for you guys. Uh, I met this retailer in Arizona. Guys, probably last year. And he's talking about how he had moved houses or something like that he was talking about how the state had offered him kept offering him money and and like his neighbors or whatever to move because they wanted to build some sort of highway through there i don't know i don't remember exactly the story so he was like yeah i'm not fucking moving this and that and then he he tells me and he goes but i knew it was time to move and I thought, you know, I wasn't sure what he was going to say. Maybe, you know, whatever he goes. When the music that my neighbors were playing started changing. Ooh, yeah. And I was like, did he really just fucking say that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, holy Questionable. fuck. Huh? 
questionable. What do you mean? Like you know what he means, right? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. I don't know for like, sure. Yeah. In other words, <clears throat> you know, in this case, it was you know Latino people moving into his neighborhood. Oh my God. And he's like, when up. the music started changing, that's when I knew I had to leave. And I just, like, looked at the... I'm like, I can't believe he just fucking said that. I mean, that's one thing if you think that. Okay. But you don't know me. You don't know what I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just thought... I was, I just, like, was like, damn, man, that's fucking... That's fucking guy. But anyway, yeah, I thought that was... That's pretty gross. <laughs> I was like, all right. What's wrong with the Latino music? Apparently, this was a this guy's red flag to get out of his neighborhood that he had lived in since he moved to Arizona. Yeah, shit <clears throat> changes. <laughs> you got to change with the times. <laughs> Unreal. But anyway. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole you you've seen the Milwaukee and the suburbs, Mo, right? Mm-hmm. The whole city and the suburbs and everything is made by white flight, right? All the black people are moving in. We have to move out. That's how everything in Milwaukee and the suburbs became the way it is. Yeah, I mean, Chicago's actually a pretty segregated city as well. Like, really. Very a, much so. For as diverse of, as it is. I think a lot of cities are, though. People... Yeah. people as much as they want to be commingled and we like it, uh, there's something of familiarity that people want to be with their own as well. I mean, across yeah. the board, people do. It's yeah. I you know I think it's what I what I've come to because like in Chicago, it's not even by color; it's down to ethnicity. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't think anybody ever has an issue with ethnicity. Right? Like if Irish wanted to live with Irish, Italians want to live with Italians, Chinese want to live with Chinese, you know, Vietnamese want to live with Vietnamese. Like nobody bats an eye at that. It's just like, okay. I think it's when you take it to that next level that people are like, well, that's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But I think... And I think that goes to what you're saying about, like, sometimes people want to be around. Yeah, because, like, um, the Mexican side of town, I mean, here, Mexicans live there and more move there. And even, like, when I worked at DirecTV, uh, there were apartment complexes that were full of, uh, I don't know, a certain Asian group. And that whole complex, they all right. were there. Not necessarily the same family and stuff, but they would all be there. Sure. Yeah. Familiarity, yeah. comfort. And yeah. they would all know the, you know, I, I, again, I don't, I don't know and I'm stereotyping, but an Asian group of people were all in that one apartment well, the complex. Fact that, and, the fact that you're not assuming they are just Chinese says that you're being thoughtful <laughs> about it, right? Because, like. Well, I don't think they were Chinese, but. <laughs> But, I mean, just like, you know, like like a piece of shit person would just be like, oh, yeah, they're all from China. Like, oh. dude, you know how many countries there are? Like, Yeah, there's a lot East there. Asia. <laughs> there's <laughs> quite a few. Yeah. Um, you know. So. Some sort of Asians. Sure. Well, 
I don't. They like to plant things because they did have like it was actually kind of cool. <laughs> the, the apartment complex. No, no, no. The apartment complex in in normally like in between buildings is like a big open grassy area. Right. They had um, gardens. Yeah. In these areas, like mm-hmm. all throughout the apartment complex. And I talked to the people there and I, I'd been there several times at different apartments, but I was like, what's like, what's up with this? And they were like, yeah, they all get together and plan it. And it's a certain Asian group. I don't even know. And they, it's kind of like a community garden for them all. Sure. But it was pretty dang cool. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's like, look, man, there are very few places you're going to go in the world and be able to take, basically a tour of the world like you are in the u.s you know it's pretty fucking cool yeah you know i mean that's the one thing i think about chicago as segregated as it can be um what also makes it great are so many of those like ethnic neighborhoods where you can get food and oh yeah and all of that stuff and um so i don't know True that, man. You want some good Mexican? Hmm, I know where to go over here. Go to your house. Well, I'm not cooking it. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma might. But, man, I don't know. We're pretty fucking lucky overall. Damn right. But, yeah, Cal, I definitely know what you're saying, too. There's a lot of adventures and all this stuff. Uh, did yeah. you guys see, speaking of this, this topic, I thought this was fascinating, and I, I haven't watched a video of it, but I kind of want to. Um, the University of Oregon played against Brigham Young. Yeah. Did the, Dude, the, they the, slaughtered They were cheering. Oh, no. no. They, they got a video of this. Apparently, the Oregon fans were, were chanting, fuck the Mormons, which uh, wow. has not oh, come across shit. very well. Interesting. Very ballsy. College kids do some stupid shit. Okay. (laughs) So here's an interesting fact. Speaking of uh, Mormons, I did not know, but apparently there's portions of Arizona that, you know, everybody thinks Mormons are like all in Utah or whatever, but I guess there's a part of Arizona that has a massive Mormon population. I did not know that. I learned that on this last trip. I think Texas does too. What's that? Think, Texas does? I think Texas does, too. Oh, shit. Yeah. I remember... I mean, you want to talk... I mean, this is, like, the beauty of, like, this country, too, right? Like, I remember um, <clears throat> driving through, like... I mean, even, like, the church... Did you ever see that Church of Scientology in California? Never seen it, but, yeah. It's like... I know what you're talking about. I remember driving by it and I was just like, holy, God. like I'd never, it was incredible. Like, you know, whatever you want to think about the church of Scientology, the movies, the, the whatever, but I, it was just an incredible structure. Right. Um, and if any of you ever get the chance to come to, if you go to Chicago and Evanston, the Baha'i faith has this incredible building. Evanston is where our Northwestern is. Um, incredible place of worship, I should say. What uh, What is it? 
the Baha'i something. I forgot what they call hmm. it. Baha'i B apostrophe H A I, I think. Is that like uh, who typically practices? What what, uh, what country? It started, typically? I believe, in Iran, but hmm. it okay. is. In America, pretty much a bunch of hippie white people. Ah, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, it's it's like a combination of like the Abrahamic faith, hmm. as well as I think some of the Eastern philosophies. I okay. think I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, Interesting. I've never actually met somebody who was Baha'i. Um, but yeah, pretty wild, man. Awesome. Well, boys. Next week. Maybe. Maybe. Whatever people believe. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. Right. Fuck them. That's right. All right, gents. All right, boys. You guys have a good one. You too. See ya. Later. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's uh, episode of the Sons of Smoke Cigar Cast. Make sure you guys are checking us out on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, direct message us, um, email the Sultans of Smoke at gmail.com if you got any questions, comments for the show. And we will catch you guys next week. Thanks. <laughs>